Transfer portal season is officially upon us, and we'll talk about how that impacts the Florida Gators here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Monday for now, at least. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNSM. Brandon, find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports Giants, Country NFL 33. These days, Every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and that's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Also, if you have not yet signed up for the subtext, feel free to do so. It's two weeks free, five bucks a month after that. We're going to be talking in there about Transfer Portal. Um, when, it, when a Transfer Portal player hits the open market from another team and I want them, I, I'll let you know about that. But right now, We'll start by looking at, consider this a, a transfer portal primer. Um, so far, at the time of this releasing, 12 Florida Gators have announced their intent to hit the transfer portal. Jadarius Perkins, who did it after week one. Jordan Herman, who did it a little bit past halfway in the season. And then once the season ended, we had Jonathan Odom, Adam Mahalik, Kamari Wilson, Will Norman, Max Brown, Caleb Douglas, Ty Bowman, Keenan Landry, Andrew Savainai, and Chris McClellan. And if you heard all of those names, you recognize that most of them were not even moderate contributors to this. Uh, Jadarius Perkins played like five snaps week one, then left. Jordan Herman didn't play, uh, except maybe I think a couple snaps against McNeese. Jonathan Odom didn't play after week four, I believe it was. Adam Mahalik got benched for Trey Smack. Kamari Wilson didn't play. He was just a complete non-factor. Will Norman didn't play, but there was also obviously a personal uh, circumstance involving that because he, unfortunately, his his mother did pass away and just wants to be home there. Uh, Max Brown hit the transfer portal, which... Again, that that was one of those transfer portal hits where it hurts my heart, but I get it. Um, there there was just genuinely no upside for Max Brown to remain in Gainesville. Graham Mertz is coming back for 2024, which means, hey, Graham Mertz is almost definitely the Florida Gators starting quarterback for 2024. And then you have true freshman DJ Lagway coming in, who's probably going to be the starting quarterback for the Florida Gators beyond 2024 so for max brown they're clearly just there was no upside for him staying in gainesville so he's going to leave and go somewhere where he can probably compete for a starting spot at least which again wouldn't be the case here in gainesville caleb douglas hit the transfer portal as well again i know that caleb douglas isn't a world beater a receiver i know that he's not a great separator he can go up and win jump balls that's not part of the game right now with Billy Napier and Graham Mertz here, especially with the offensive line performance that we saw this past season. Uh, so Caleb Douglas was just never going to be maximized truly where he can just run straight downfield and win a jump ball. 
I get him hitting the portal. Can't wait another year before you get it to be in a more vertical offense. And also you look at the receiver stepping up from this year to next year, the, the true freshman rising or retro freshman next year. You look at the true freshman coming in for 2024. I, I get why Caleb Douglas might look at that and say, there's not a big path to playing time for him there. Ty Bowman played uh, two offensive snaps this year, and it was like a 16 special teams or something like that. Keenan Landry, defensive lineman that was a walk-on, uh, got a scholarship for this past sp- uh, fall, and I don't believe it was going to carry over into next year, so it makes sense for him to hit the transfer portal as well. Then on Sunday, that was Keenan Landry announced first. Then Andrew Savaya Knight, tight end. He came in in Billy Napier's 2022 class as well. He came in as an edge, moved to tight end, and now is leaving. There there wasn't a huge path to playing time for him anyway. He's built like a giant fullback. Um, would have been nice to see him used in that way, but that's just me wanting that smash mouth. And then, of course, Chris McLellan is probably the most notable name to enter the transfer portal to this point because he's the only one who was a legitimate major contributor there. And for Chris McLellan, I got a text the day that Sean Spencer got fired. And I got a text saying, hey, don't be shocked if Chris McLellan hits the transfer portal. Something about uh, Chris McLellan's family being very close to Sean Spencer. So I, I, I get it why... I understand why he'd want to leave. A lot of players consider leaving when their position coach leaves. So Chris McCall leaving. Uh, honestly, I'm expecting him to go back to Oklahoma. He's from Oklahoma. He's from Tulsa, uh, or as he puts, North Tulsa. Um, but I, I'm expecting him to hit the portal again. Not major losses yet, to be fair. We'll talk about some guys who could potentially leave. But again, so far, the only major contributor that's left is Chris McLellan. Even Caleb Douglas played into week five, I think it was Kentucky. He got hurt. Didn't see him again. Can't call him a major contributor if he wasn't around. Yes, he was a starter, but didn't even play half the season. So we'll say that. Um, But this is not, I will say that it sucks to see 2022 commits leaving already, just because these were the guys that came in for Napier. But this is also the time where Napier had to quickly try to recruit and develop and, and bring in all these guys. But from that 2022 class, Jordan Herman is gone. Keenan Landry is gone. Kamari Wilson, Chris McLellan. Uh, then you go down to Caleb Douglas, Andrew Savayanai, who is rated higher than Trevor Etienne. Uh, Max Brown is gone. Chris, um, Ty Bowman, David Connor is gone as well. It's a good bit of that 2022 class. They had 21 commits, and we counted, what, nine that, that were just leaving? Your best remaining players, Shamar James, Jamari Lyons, Devin Moore, Arliss Boardingham, uh, Trevor Etienne, at least again for the time being. I know that there's the rumor and the, there's the legitimate smoke that he might hit the portal, which, again, we'll talk about in a minute. And then you go all the way down, and it's a bunch of guys who don't really play too much, and then Miguel Mitchell, Hayden Hansen, Trey Smack. I, I I just say it does suck that the 2022 class, a good portion of them are already gone, but and I know this isn't fully comparable, but I looked at it how we looked at Todd Golden's first recruiting class 
with the men's basketball team where it's like you come in and you have to quickly just accumulate as much talent as you possibly can and try and try to bring in all these names. Um, and I think that that's part of where the evaluation goes wrong. Again, you brought in guys like Kamari, who is highly ranked. The IMG kid broke the IMG curse. Never really found a path to playing time here. Uh, Caleb Douglas was between, I believe, Florida and LSU. Picked Florida. Maybe LSU would be a better fit for him with how vertical they've been. But now Jaden Daniels is leaving, so who knows? But it sucks to see that. But, you know, you, you look at guys like, I mean, Jadarius Perkins, I'm, I'm not going to be upset that he's gone. That's that's not someone that I'm going to miss too much. Will Norman had potential, but never really played. It's hard for me to be upset about that. I get it. It was just his true freshman year, but he didn't crack a bad D-line rotation. So not going to be too scared about that. But we're about to talk about more people who might leave, because, again, the transfer portal window officially opened today. Before we talk about some of those names, when you're hiring for your small business or SEC program, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn, it's not just another job board. Ew. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. So thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. And they even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker for you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free. Wherever you listen to the podcast, like I mentioned, subtext links in the description below. You go to joinsubtext.com slash Lockdown Gators. The link is in the description below. We'll talk there. We'll get into the links in the description. Okay, you don't even have to type it much. Um, but looking at which Florida Gators might leave, we're, we're going to start with Trevor Etienne again. Because, again... Behind the scenes, there is legitimate smoke. And over recent days, it's I was told it's more of a when, not an if at this point. That was the last time, not the last time, but that was the biggest news that came out there. I got it on like Thursday or Friday. I was told it was a when, not if. And since then, it's been nothing's changing. Uh, so Trevor Etienne is still the name that we're expecting to maybe hit the portal at this point. Might do it even by the time you listen to this podcast. I'm recording it at 1.15 in the morning so that I didn't miss people. Um, but Trevor Etienne could very well be gone by the time this even comes out. Derek Lingo is a name that I think might hit the portal. Just He's he's an upperclassman linebacker. He didn't play a ton until really late in the season is when he kind of cracked the lineup after Shamar James had been injured. But you look at next year returning likely Shamar James, uh, likely Scooby Williams, likely Manny Nunnery. You're going to have another year with Jaden Robinson learning the system. For 2024, at linebacker, the Florida Gators have Miles Graham committed, 
They have Aaron Childs committed and Darius Hayes committed. So you've got three guys who are all coming in specifically to play linebacker. So they're all stepping into the position as well. It's going to be a very crowded linebacker room. And and I, I get it. Like the only big loss that you have there is Taraja Mitchell, and he played the fifth most snaps in the room. There's not a ton of snaps leaving that linebacker rotation, and Derek Wingo already couldn't consistently crack it. Love him. Think that character-wise, he is absolute cream of the crop. Um, but yeah, he's another one where love what he brings to the table, but realistically, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get next year. And for Derek Wingo especially, he's an upperclassman. Needs to get as much playing time as he wants or as much playing time as he can if he wants a shot at the NFL. At wide receiver, Marcus Burke is a name that I think many people have marked down as probably going to leave. As Same thing with Jaquavian Frazier's. Similar reason as Caleb Douglas, except guess what? Caleb Douglas was listed as a starting receiver before that. Caleb Douglas was a starting receiver and is hitting the portal partially because he's not going to find the playing time. And also, again... Offense isn't uh, a huge fit for him where they don't really let him run vertical, and that's a very similar situation to Jaquavian Frazier's and Marcus Burke. Both of them would also benefit from being more vertical receivers. It's just logic tells you those guys won't be retained. Next segment, we're going to talk about who Florida should target, some specific names, some not. Um, But logic tells you that Marcus Burke won't be retained. Uh, Jaquavian Frazier's probably won't be retained because, again, th- there's just there's not that kind of playing time to really go around at the receiver position, especially when you consider it's a Florida Gators offense. They like to go 12 personnel. They like to have two tight ends on the field and a running back, which guess what? That means only two receivers can play. This year, Ricky Pearsall. Trey Wilson next year, Trey Wilson. And that leaves one other receiver spot. We've talked about like six receivers to this point. Simply put, there's just not enough snaps at receiver to go around. Jaquavian Frazier has, I believe one more year of eligibility remaining. Uh, Marcus Burke, I believe has two more years of eligibility remaining, but again, there's, there's just not those snaps available for guys like that to really find too much playing time. So I don't expect them to stay at least one of them. I would expect to go at tight end. Keon Zipper might hit the portal. Not going to start over Arliss and Hayden. So Keon Zipper would be tight end three at that point, or maybe four if you include Tony Livingston at that spot above him. But I mean, I don't know. Tight ends a spot where I also feel like Florida should look to add players. You have Amir Jackson in the 2024 class, but we're now looking at a tight end room where in the start of the spring, we'll say, we'll go back to the start of the spring. We were like, all right, this tight end room is like seven to nine deep. Not that they're actually all going to play, but you've got seven to nine people in that tight end room. And now we're looking at it where you're going to have what? four or five maybe for an offense that goes 12 personnel you're an injury or two away from being almost screwed so i don't know i think you can maybe convince keon zipper like hey there's there's snaps to be had here don't worry about that one at all but also can't blame a guy if he does want to start 
for his, I believe, last year of eligibility. Uh, on the offensive line, Riley Simons wouldn't shock me at all. Don't think there's a big path to playing time for him. Although, again, here's another thing where, like, Micah Mizuka has yet to announce. How Princely hasn't announced what he's doing. A lot of guys haven't announced what they're doing. But if you're considering the transfer portal, you can't really wait for players to announce that. You, you got to kind of just go out for yourself. So Riley Simons can say, hey, maybe someone hits the portal and playing time opens up, but or declares for the draft. Can't really, can't really wait on others, though. Uh, you only have a limited time in that transfer portal window. Jason Marshall, Jalen Kimber, Ethan Pouncey. Quite a few DBs that are in that conversation. Jason Marshall hasn't announced if he's declaring for the draft or coming back, but there is that third option of him saying, hey, I'm not going to the draft, but I'm also not coming back to the University of Florida. I'm going to go somewhere where I'm not getting relentlessly torched on social media and the field every week. Same thing for Jalen Kimber, although Jalen Kimber would have to be graduated by now so that he can be a grad transfer since he transferred in from Georgia. So, so you've got that one where maybe you see that uh, Ethan Pouncey doesn't play. No reason to be upset if he does portal out. He's just doesn't play at all. You've got Jakeem Jackson stepping up, Sharif Denson stepping up, uh, Dijon Johnson probably going to step up, Devin Moore probably becoming a starting corner next year. Not a ton of room for another young guy to step in. If you go experience, then then maybe, but and I get it. Ethan Pouncey's older than these guys, but he still hasn't played. Uh, so he's still just as inexperienced. So I think you're looking at that and it's like there's and there's also going to be some surprise names that hit the portal. That's how it happens every single year. You get a starter or something. Chris McLellan and Trevor Etienne were the two names that I was told at the end of the season are flight risks, I guess we'll say. So at least those are, again, Trevor Etienne's expected to hit the portal for my side of things. At least if those happen, then the bad surprises are, are gone, I guess we'll say. Uh, not many of the young guys, Andy Jean, I would be stunned if Andy Jean left. Uh, that is just not something that I think is really going to happen. I'd be very surprised if Shamar James left. Um, yeah, the, the, the 2023 class DBs, like all those young defenders, don't expect them to go anywhere. So I, I think that that you're okay. But again, there's always a surprise name here or there that hits the portal. And we're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Although this time we kind of see that one coming. We're about to talk about who Florida should target. Again, some specific names, some are just positions. But before we talk about that, I do have to remind you guys that as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use, wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, I'm telling you. Just any time touchdown scores, chef's kiss. I uh, had yesterday Debo. 
Karen Williams, who who didn't uh, score, and I forgot who the other player was from that same window, but but two of them did cash, and it was magnificent because around robbing them, so so that they they parlayed by two there. But it, it's it's been a very hot stretch right now. Uh, Rashad White was the other. Oh, Kyron did score. Okay, look at that. Didn't even see that one happen. Look at look at me find the money at 125 in the morning. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Remember the FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Spend the last few minutes here talking about who Florida should target we know that they've at least looked into defensive line in this transfer portal. And defensive tackle Joey Slackman, it was like the first name to say, hey, Florida offered. Uh, he's planning a visit to Gainesville, which I'm told has not changed with Cam Jackson coming back. Maybe that's because they anticipated Chris McClellan hitting the portal. Maybe that's what it was. I would also very much expect Florida to be at least slightly interested in Texas A&M defensive lineman Walter Nolan. Young guy, Florida was a hat on the table for him. I'd expect Florida to be very much in play there. And if they're not, I mean, that's just another horrible portal decision. To uh, Again, I'm not saying you have to secure every guy. I understand that's not reasonable, but got to swing for the fences with some of these. Um, and again, I think, I think when you're looking for experienced players, you look for experienced guys who are starters, but are looking to take the step up unless they left for a reason like Walter Nolan, where it's like head coach left coaching change or whatever it might be. But like Pendy tackle, Joey Slackman starter, all, all conference, all Ivy league looking to take a step up so that he can show to NFL teams, hey, I wasn't just dominating weak competition. I could do this against the SEC as well. So then you look for a an experienced interior defensive lineman. You've got youth all over your defensive line. Guys are going to move around, change positions. Adding an, an experienced player there puts you in a spot where you don't have to play very young players on the interior. Um, I think... If you're Florida, you have to at least look at every solid offensive tackle option. Personally, first name I'm calling, if I'm Billy Napier, Rob Sale, whoever's in charge here, Monroe Mills from Texas Tech, left tackle, but played 300 more snaps than Austin Barber, allowed one less pressure, so less, more, way more snaps, one less pressure. Allows you to put Austin Barber back at right tackle. They tried it, a left tackle. Not everybody's a left tackle. I don't think Austin Barber's a left tackle. Get him back on the right side. Get more value out of him. It, it's honestly as simple as that. It's not like, I'm like, oh, he's terrible. He was better on the right side last year than he was on the left this year. Get him on the right side. Bring in an experienced left tackle. Get Damian George to either be a backup or guard. Wipe your hands of it. Okay? That's it. I also think that if you're Florida... Gives a guy a wide receiver that can contribute immediately. Doesn't need to be a, a Ricky Pearsall type player, but someone who can contribute immediately. Um, whether that's wide receiver four, honestly, I, I don't care. 
Ideally, it's it's two or three, but Trey Wilson's going to be your one. Andy Jean could be wide receiver two. You've got three freshmen coming in where if you can get one of them to have even close to the kind of dynamic playmaking ability that Trey Wilson has, you're looking good there. You're just trying to add some experience to that receiver room because you're going to need it. Experienced guys are the ones who are better when plays breaking down, quarterbacks looking for someone to check down to. They find open space. They don't just sit there and wait. Get a wide receiver who can contribute immediately. You got plenty of youth and depth. Easy. Here's where I don't think they'll do this, but I would look for a quarterback that is experienced that knows he's going to be the backup, but can step in just in case Graham Mertz gets hurt at some point. Because then you aren't forced to play DJ Lagway if you feel he isn't ready yet or if you don't want to rush him in, play the experience. And, and there's guys like that out there. Last year we saw Spencer Rattler go to uh, Spencer Sanders go to Ole Miss. We knew he had no shot at starting, but he went there anyway because he could be the backup, goes to a fun school, whatever it is. I think Florida should look for that. I think you go to the I think you go to the portal to add a corner. Just just get some help there. Devin Moore is very rarely healthy. Both of your starters may come back, may not, but neither of them were great that, this year. Then you've got just true freshmen stepping up. I think you go, you add a veteran starter corner that's looking to take the next step. And, and you bring him in. What, what was it that uh is it Josh Newton from TCU that did that? He was at Louisiana Tech, stepped up to TCU and had an awesome year or two. There's guys available that are in that same realm. Try to find one of those at corner, bring them in, and, and let them at least compete to start right away. Maybe you look at a tight end. Jonathan Odom and Andrew Savai and I are hitting the portal. Dante Sanders is out of eligibility. Keon Zipper could hit the portal. Then you've got Hayden Hansen, Arliss Boardingham, Scott Isaacs, and Tony Livingston. And then true freshman Amir Jackson. Get another guy that, again, he's coming in. He knows he's not expected to be a starter at all, but he's coming in to maybe get some snaps, maybe help out there. But he knows what his what his caliber is. And, and I think that you can... Find some help there and just, again, depth. Because injuries could happen at any point. Any point. <laughs> any point. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back maybe later today with the bonus show, depending on how things go. We'll see. If not, we'll be back tomorrow. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all, as always, I mean, I, well, tomorrow, later, whichever one. But I will see you shortly.